now on the season premiere of the Entertainment Beyond show. Welcome back to another episode, lovers and friends. On today's podcast, I'm going to be discussing my thoughts and opinions on Jason Statham's newest dive, The Meg 2, The Trench. Now, the first movie was already bizarre. You could tell that they wanted to be fucking hardcore. You know, they wanted to be more so deep blue sea levels of, you know, violence than what ended up being the finished product. But since The Meg and The Meg 2 are co-produced by um, Chinese production companies, it's it was going to be a clash of styles, a meeting of the minds, so to speak. And this film, uh, The Meg 2, The Trench, definitely, if, if you could tell the first film was a stitchered together um, version of two different films, you can definitely tell that The Meg 2 is nothing more than just a Frankenstein-like beast. Uh, at certain points, it feels kind of like the Meg 2. Well, not even feels. The Meg 2, at, at certain points, is nothing more than the next action vehicle for Jason Statham. You know, the, you know, and spoilers, beware. The film starts out with Jason Statham on a ocean liner, whatever you call that, or that cargo ship. And uh, he's doing some high seas subterfuge, you know, um, eco-warrior activism type shit, which is like, okay, that's uh, kind of a hard pivot from who you were in the first film, which is just Jonah or Jonas, whatever, the uh, the alcoholic, troubled, deep sea rescue hero type. And uh, this, I mean, this is the, f the first taste of what you get to the point where you're just like, first of all, the first one didn't deserve a sequel, you know. I'd argue to, hazard to argue that the first one didn't even deserve to be made because it's just such a hot mess. You know, I love shark films, but these ones, ah, uh, man, you know. And not even to mention that. The Meg is really just like a sub character by this. You know, it, it's, you know, if, if you couldn't tell that the humans who discovered the, uh, the sub layer of the Mariana Trench, the true bottom of the ocean, that little cool spot past that cool spot, they were, they were only amazed by the ideism of a Meg. It didn't even take them, you know, until the second movie to be like, yeah, we've already kind of domesticated one and, like Meg Schmeg, we're bored with this shit. Let's go see what else what else is kicking down around the Mariana trenches. These fucking sharks are just <sighs> These sharks are fucking boring as fuck. I'm out of here. Like, yeah, there's a scene where they're they're having a nighttime like kind of party thing. I'm just like sitting there watching like these motherfuckers didn't learn their fucking lesson the first time. And you know, only to be surprised that they have another eccentric um, benefactor donating all the money in the world 
just just to find out, you know, later on that um, the benefactor has been double crossing them the whole time and they've been running, you know, using the team Let's Save the Ocean crew as a front to plunder the ocean for its natural resources. Some real, like, 90s villain type bullshit going on with them. But, yeah, you see the, like, hey, yo, we've uh, we've totally domesticated a uh, Megalodon, yo. Like, shit ain't shit, son. It's all in the game, like EA Sports. <laughs> and by by that by that point, when I'd seen that, I'd seen, like, the, the little Megalodon, the, the mini Meg, Mini Megla, all domesticated and and captured and shit like that. I was like, this is this movie's just going to be almost two hours of fucking drizzling shits, stupid nonsensical, and then and the whole movie is just so frustrating to watch because you know that there's a more coherent film. Somewhere left on the editing floor, somewhere left on the Butcher's Bay, there's a more coherent film, but we're not getting it with the Megalodon, the Trench 2. And one of the more frustrating things, I know that the the actor that plays the mother in the first film is absent. She's killed off screen. can't remember if her name is uh, Ban Bing Bing or something like that, but she had... She, in real life, the actor had some issues with the Chinese government. There's this whole kerfuffle where she just disappeared. Like, just straight up disappeared for a long, long, long minute. No one could find the actor. She was just gone. And she ended up reappearing, you know. And there was scuttlebutt that she wasn't going to be acting quite as much. But it was just such a, like almost to a level of concern outside of the film, just for her as a person, like, what the fuck is going on? But yeah, she dies off screen in the film. I think it's alluded to by Jonas and and his now stepdaughter. Well, it's alluded. There's a, there's a lot of allusions being made. There's a lot of things being said in the second film without actually being said, like the first one. You know, it's, um, first of all, not clear how much time has passed between Meg 1 and Meg 2. But, like I said, there are some illusions. So the illusion, or the alluding to, is that Jonah, Jonas, whatever, married um, Fan Bingbing's character from the first film and became the stepfather of the little girl, which is still a most adorable kid character in a film and just such a look of wiseness she carries herself very wise, with a very wise uh, vibe and energy about her. The uh, the young actor who plays the uh, the smart little girl, who's Jonah's stepdaughter or whatever. I don't know. And you know, I said earlier. That this film wants to be so many different things at once and at one point it wants to be Jason Statham action vehicle on another point it wants to be the sequel to the Meg and then on an even other other point it's a Jurassic Park clone there are things that happen in this film like for instance 
in Jurassic Park. You had the one person who sabotaged the entire sabotaged the entire park just to make some money ends up getting eaten <clears throat> by the tar spitting, you know, rattlesnake like creature thingies. I can't remember the name of them. Fucking his name wasn't Newman in the film, but he played Newman on on Seinfeld. Yeah. So anytime I see somebody in a similar situation like that, I'm like, oh, that motherfucker got Newman. So speaking of getting Newman, in the Meg 2, you have the eccentric trillionaire, the one who was doing the, the, the double-crossing, backstabbing actions, you know, serving more than, than one party or one master or whatnot. So she sends one of her henchmen to uh, go find out what a noise is and these little creatures that are they look pretty prehistoric it's suggested not suggested they're shown to you if you've seen the trailer you know what i'm talking about the little creatures that are running away from the t-rex whatnot one of those becomes an antag um at a certain point towards the end of the film and yeah she's she she knows how to fucking load lock and load a fucking rifle shoulder it and get her ready for some pump and dump action but she discounts the fact that she herself is about to get newman she gets newman and after that i'd seen that point I'm like yeah this is just devolved into a jurassic clone and not i don't mean that in any sort of flattering way i mean that in a very non-flattering way because there was you know i and again, I, I'm saying this with the full memory that I, as I was watching the film, said that this is ridiculous. First one did not need a sequel. You know, I think for as much of a fucking popsicle stand blown nightmare as the Meg was, it's still fun. You know, I popped it on a couple weeks ago before the release of the sequel. Just kind of like, yeah, okay, you know, for, you know, eh. It's, it holds up as as much as it needs to, which isn't very much, but it holds up enough, you know. Whereas the sequel, excuse me, I just don't, uh, I mean, I do understand, I understand Hollywood a lot more than some of my lovely, lovely listeners. That's not a put down, that's just the curse of knowledge and knowing what the machine is and, you know, they're not necessarily making these sequels or stuff like that because we want to see them we're making them because we paid enough money so they're going to keep on cranking them out you know and quality doesn't remain quality with everything you know whereas each mission impossible film gets better with the meg series like first of all where the fuck are you going to go after this like how many times do you have to learn the same lesson? Leave leave nature the fuck alone. Leave the undiscovered undiscovered. If you discovered it twice and you found giant fucking creatures, leave it the fuck alone. Jason Statham and company, like, damn. One of the, uh, the funnier tropes was like, you know, kind of had me thinking like, damn, this, this movie would have been perfect in like the mid-90s, is that I can't remember his name, but Congratulations, nigga, for not dying in a scary movie twice, being, like, the only black person there. So by standards of yesteryear, you were supposed to die at the end of the first one. Any time of the first one, you should have died. 
but his character gets a level up in the sequel where now he carries around a backpack that's that has a desert eagle in it and he's got all these tricks of the trade to survive he learned how to do some sort of martial arts handle guns and it's just basically he becomes a walking talking stereotype where as he and it is is he's a stereotype of what a black person is supposed to be and because this is this is less of a horror the sequel is more action adventure horror oriented whereas the meg was horror and so in a horror film a black guy can be the the stereotype of a black person horror film can be one of a few things the main the main thing that they usually like to typecast us as the ghetto funny friend who's always got something sassy to say and is ready around every corner with a, a quick quip uh, right up until the point of their death. In, in sometimes, even in a horror film when a black person is dying, they still got a little bit of sweet sassy molasses to fling at the villain, which is just like, that's not how people die. And pretty sure that's not how niggas die. And another trope, especially in like the action horror movies, is uh, the black guy or the black character that's a complete badass that can do everything and, and save all the non-blacks. And they go with that version of a trope or stereotype for the Meg 2, the trench, where in the first movie he was the I and, and that's so funny because they really went hardcore as fuck in the first Meg, where not only did they have this nigga fucking basically juking and jiving, but the nigga couldn't swim either. And so by the sequel, he's got like I said, he leveled up. The nigga can swim now because they replaced the sassy black friend stereotype modulator with a tough as nails takes no guff or bullshit uh and definitely can swim black guy stereotype modulator and i just uh sitting there laughing because i'm just like laughing out of cringe and and pity not laughing because oh it's funny laughing because like this is really what y'all think of us niggas you've shown me in two different films you've shown me two different stereotypical roles uh that a black person is just was fucking stupid you know without de-evolving into like a a pity party or getting mad or getting on the soapbox it was just just fucking insulting to be honest with you i wasn't uh not that i i hate the actor who portrays the 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 black guy in the film both of the films, but I hate the fact that they leaned so heavily on stereotypes that just like niggas, just let niggas be niggas. Like, why we gotta be stereotypes, tokens? You know what I'm saying? And that's the other thing. It's like, fucking, it just is frustrating. And it's an issue that goes back further than I have the breath in my body to explain to you on this episode. And I don't want to doll you down. You know, we avoid, I, I say on, on my podcast when people ask me what I talk about, I say anything but politics and religion because those are two ones that are too messy. And yeah, no. And so to hold true to that, I'm not going to get into heavy politics of misappropriation of youth of people of color in film throughout cinema history. We're not going to do that. 
Um, long story short, once again, Jonah saves the day, defeats all the Megalodons. Not going to spoil everything for you guys. I mean, I'll put it to you like this, you know. Uh, got a rating system between one and four thumbs up. And I'm going to give this film, I'll give it one, exactly one thumbs up. Because it's still entertaining to watch Jason Statham do his thing. And the young actor who plays his stepdaughter is just cuter than a button. And seems to possess a uh, old soul. There's just something about her, the way she carries herself, that she feels wise beyond her years. And it's just it's entertaining to watch her grow up and act. Other than that. This second film, and what I'm assuming is going to be a franchise, at least a three-picture uh, three deal, is it sucked. It sucked ass so much. Um, yeah. But if you, like me, have the Regal Unlimited um, subscription, clocking in at like 22 bucks a month, then jump in with both feet, you know, pun fully intended. You're not going to fully regret it because you will have spent fully nothing $99.99 to be disappointed. So, yeah, that's my thoughts and opinions on the Meg to the Trench. I will catch you on the next episode. Mwah, 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 and good night.